Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the XYZ Playground series. It was a prototype, but we got a couple of very, very positive feedback. So we decided and keeping it going and doing an episode every week on the XYZ Playground way of thinking where we meet with young thinkers and understand the world from young thinkers and a reverse mentorship model. So it's again Joshua who is joining me today for the call. And we talk around the future of changing and the future of business models. So stay tuned for the conversation and great to have you with us. Hey, Joshua, welcome back to, I wouldn't call it prototype anymore. Now it's already number four. <laughs> How are you doing? Hey, Jens, good to, good to connect again. And yes, I think we're graduating now from a prototype to, to maybe the first season. So looking forward to today's discussion. Yeah, cool. So today we agreed to talk around the future and in changing business models. So starting off with an understanding of how do we gain different perspectives into what we are doing, what businesses are doing, what's going on in the world? So how, how do you do that as a person, as a young thinker? Yeah, so I think that's a great question to kick things off when we start thinking about the future. And the reason I think it's great is because very often I think we can get caught in silos. And I think when you think in silos, you don't necessarily look at longer term or future perspectives. And in, in thinking about this question, it sort of brings me back to one of the first questions that you asked when we first chatted, Jens, was around what do you and how do you gain inspiration to drive innovation and change? And maybe just some, some quick resources that I use in terms of to gain different perspectives. So firstly is podcasts. I listen to a wide variety of podcasts, and I think that that's an exciting space um, not only because it's what we're recording on today, but also because of the discoverability element of that. How do you find different podcasts or interesting podcasts? Right now, it's very much, you know, passed on from person to person to person. There's not an easy way to discover different podcasts. So one of the great ones that I listen to is The Knowledge Project with uh, Shane Parrish. He's got a blog called Farnham Street. Another one is Stratechery, which I'm actually a subscriber of. Um, and then Tech Meme, which is a tech-based podcast which gives me great thoughts and uh, food for thought rather about what does the technology hold for our future. And then, you know, from a podcast in terms of maybe looking at some written work, um, I'm a subscriber of Medium. Medium is a great platform to gather different perspectives and things like that. And then lastly is people. I try to connect with different people, whether it be around the world, different webinars. And I think that having the internet at our fingertips, we've got an extra extraordinary space to do that in. So those are sort of three spaces that I look to gain different perspectives about what the future may hold in my day-to-day -day life. Yeah, it's quite interesting when, when you speak about podcasts because podcasts are, most of the podcasts are at least 30 minutes long. 
So it takes as well time to do that. But I, I agree with you that it's it's an amazing way to get a perspective because it's a deeper version of a conversation where it's not just, let's say, if you're on Facebook or somewhere where you just scroll further and you just check the headline. It's, okay, they're talking about this topic and then you get an understanding of at least two different perspectives and a conversation around that. I love that as well. I'm following completely different podcasts. Some are really business-centered, some are more sp- spiritual centered and some are like sports stuff or news as well. And what I've seen in my development of consuming information is I'm almost away from the normal mainstream news media topics. I rarely look normal news, which is quite interesting. So I've I've built a system for myself which helps me to drag into like an application which drags into the different news sources I like. And and then I get me an understanding of what's going on in different parts of the world, and then I take my own opinion on, on things. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost it's an interesting point to to sort of take on onto the next discussion point, and it's essentially what you're describing is like a personal RSS feed, yeah, um, where you yeah. are choosing what you're consuming. And I think there is a tendency, you know, when you say where do you go to gain your different perspectives, we can push out a phenomenal amount of information. But it's how do you actually process that information? And I think in gaining perspectives, one is sourcing it and the other is actually making time to digest and consume it. Yeah. And to the point yeah. that, that you raised very well in terms of saying, then offering your specific perspectives on that. And I think, you know, especially what's going on in the world now and what's just happened in Australia with Google and Facebook and things, media models are changing. And I'm a bit sad in terms of the way that the Australian government approached that because I think that they missed an opportunity to really drive some different thinking and some different models, which we'll get onto later in terms of business models inside the media space. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the, the, the challenge is always that everything is about money and status when, when you look into what's behind all of this discussions they have right now. It's, it's not about how can we make something really cool for the people living? How can we build an experience? How can we help people? It's often, even if they say it, it's often behind the scenes, you see it's money and power in a yeah. lot of things. And I think that's, that's why we have discussed it a couple of times already, where it is so important that you have different news sources, where you just not follow just one perspective, because it's always just one perspective. That's why I love as well this long-term forum or roundtable discussions where we have been either moderating some or being part of some while you meet with different people you might not meet in a normal setting and then you just have a conversation around a specific topic and see different opinions and then you can form your own opinion. You don't need to agree with the people around the table, but it's it's interesting just to discover of, hey, this person is coming from that continent, living in that country, having that background, having this opinion. What, what does that reflect to, towards my opinion and why is it so different and just starting to digging into that and trying to understand why the opinion is different and why you don't agree with that i think it's an interesting perspective which we normally all do on a playground level like when we're kids that's what you do it's like you're you're figuring out what's going on why are the others different of course not consciously but it's basically in a, in a normal conversation setting and now in this more digital focused area where where we are all in due to the restrictions we have on on the pandemic, bringing that into a digital context, I think is super interesting if you allow yourself the time that it takes to get into that. Because 
understanding an opinion, let's say if you take Twitter, is not the easiest perspective because there's like a tagline and a little bit of text and then you, you, you might dig into that and ask someone, but most of the time you most probably don't ask someone why this person has that opinion, which is if you go into a podcast or a long, long form conversation, that will help you to do that. That's why I'm also, yeah. for me, it's quite interesting. I'm, I have switched completely away from reading over the last couple of weeks. I'm, I'm listening and watching way more than, than before rather than reading only, specifically when it comes to news and conversational topics. Of course, books, I'm still reading and or listening, but it's quite interesting. At least for me, that has shifted over the last couple of months dramatically. Yeah. And, and I think that that's an interesting segue in terms of, you know, talking and thinking about different models. And I mean, if you think about one of the hot and, and up and coming social media platforms, which is unfortunately just available on iOS, but soon to be Android, I'm sure is Clubhouse. Yeah. And in terms of the audio space that that is playing in and also podcast growth over the last 12 months, but sort of a longer term, maybe 36 month view as well. And I think maybe Jens, just to sort of double back on, on perspective quickly, are there any people or thinkers that you reference or read or interact with daily to sort of gain that different perspective or understand their thinking and what their ideas that they're pushing out into the world? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one more on a personal level, it's of course my mentors. I've, I've been connected over the last years, even, even to the level of family members who are way wiser than I am. But it's as well, if you look more into a business context, it's like you guys, the interaction with young thinkers helps me to stay on my toes and understand things differently. And then as well, people like Tim Ferriss and a couple of obvious people, at least in my world, obvious people who have a specific view on different things and allow through their way of interviewing people, getting understandings of different perspectives. I really look for interesting people. And that's a bit what I'm after is so I'm always trying to deconstruct what's behind their opinion and how they look at it. Because if we take Tim Ferriss, who is a serial entrepreneur, he has worked in the different topics, has written a couple of best-selling books, has one of the most famous podcasts out there. He's running this podcast as his main topic. So he's having this as a centerpiece and a lot of things around it. For me, it's not just him. He as a person is interesting as well how he built up this system of different businesses which are connected to a podcast as a centerpiece, which if you just look 10 years back, that wouldn't be possible in that way, where one person is building up something in that perspective, which helps you to build a business, which helps you to build a following. And that's a bit what I really love to dig into, following people and understanding and deconstructing what they're doing and why they're doing it and figuring it out is quite interesting. So that's a bit what I... I'm always after. Yeah, and, and that's a great a great point around the deconstruction element, but also just around the distribution and how in this digital world that we're living in, there's a lot that we can do from a distribution perspective. And I think you can start a business for a very small amount of money now. But then there's that saying where content was king or is king. Um, but I've always, always been a strong advocate of saying, you know, distribution is king or queen. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, it's incredible just to, when you start thinking around that. And maybe sort of where that sort of gets my mind running is around uh, Ray Dalio and his principles. So Ray Dalio, for those who don't know, is, is the, or was, he's recently repositioned himself inside his business, but he runs the biggest hedge fund in the world. And one of the things that he talks about within his principles, in his principles book, is the relationship of 
cause and effect relationships. And I think what you just referenced there with regards to Tim Ferriss around how he's built out this brand now, and then you start thinking about the causes and then the resulting effects that are built out from that. And I think it's quite interesting to start deconstructing that from an overall uh, brand presence, but also business model perspective. Yeah. And this is, this is also where I highly encourage people to listen to other podcasts because I, I have discovered a couple of podcasts which I would never listen to from an instinct perspective. So it's always interesting. That's why I'm often asking what podcasts are you listening just to get inspired. And then I'm just listening to a couple of episodes to figure out if that's something for me as well. And then digging into the people behind that. What, what I love about that, it's, it's again, if, if we just look, there a lot of people using social media in a very, very short time. If, if it is Twitter, it's very, very short back and forth conversations. Facebook is the same. LinkedIn is, is almost the same. But if you go into podcast, into long-form conversational topics, it's different. And that's what I like very much because the value is, for me personally, is way higher than in a LinkedIn post. Listening to someone for 30 minutes, for 40 minutes, or even if you check Joe Rogan for two and a half hours or three hours, and I've done it. From a brand building perspective, from a business perspective, that's huge value you can bring as a brand. And that's a huge attachment as a follower or as a potential customer spending so much time. That's the highest resource you have is, is your time mm-hmm. with, with a brand. I think that's super interesting perspective where Clubhouse, I think, will be touching on in, in, in a lot of topics on that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, so far today we've chatted sort of about exposure, distribution, different sources that you can gain information from and perspectives from. And, you know, just circling back to one of the things we mentioned right at the beginning was making space to actually process and absorb that content. Mm-hmm. And I think in thinking about that, there's a great quote from Naval Ravikant where he says, uh, play iterated games, all the returns in life, whether in wealth, relationships or knowledge come from compound interest. And I think that when we are consuming so much, we actually need to take the time to conceptualize and absorb yeah. some of those learnings. Because then that's where talking about future models and the future is that we can actually learn from those learnings and not just consume the whole time. Yeah, 100%. We discussed this as well in the past. I'm basically building on top of each other, on top of my learnings, understandings, experiences, often while I'm running, while I'm cycling, because that's the time where it's basically you decompress everything. You get a perspective where you, you free up your mind and you write for an hour. And then after an hour, it, the mind is stopping. Like the work is gone. You have thought everything through. And then it's like free if you're in the flow. At least I have had that a lot of times. And then it's like you get out of the thought and you, suddenly you get ideas and, and perspectives of different things. That's I, I guess it's really building on these topics. And what I've seen is, as well, over time in my career, you see things from different perspectives because you have been in different places. You have been in different organizations, in different businesses, and then you you build these different topics on top of each other, which is somehow related, but it's not for a lot of yeah. outsiders. And that's, I think, brilliant to be able to do that. But how how, how are you doing that? How do you do you as a young thinker, do this in, in, in different ways. Yeah, and I think one of the concepts and where it's, it's sort of some of the thinking that we're conceptualizing inside the XYZ playground is around creating that canvas 
or creating that playground where you can sort of bring all of these ideas in and then spend time actually dissecting, processing, asking relevant questions, challenging conventional thinking and things like that. But maybe before getting onto that, just from a, a personal perspective is one of the biggest things that I find is actually being quite dedicated and deliberate with the time that you're sitting up to review things. So for example, some of the thinking that I do is on a, on a weekly basis, I set up time where I write down my lessons from the week because I want to evaluate and understand what has happened in the week and also test my memory on certain things. And you may laugh when you hear test your memory. That's something that we were maybe asked for at school, but you know, you'd be surprised when someone says to you, Josh, can you remember what you did last Tuesday? Mm -hmm. And it goes back to sort of this world where we're having so many things thrown at us and our attention economies being, you know, pulled and pushed all over the place. We don't necessarily make time to remember that. So that's one of the things I do from a personal experience. The other side of things is, is and it's again, becoming more and more common now, but it's meditation, just actually teaching yourself to slow down your thinking and to distill those thoughts that, that you've got running around in your head. So those are two of the two of the many things that I do that might be relevant to you in terms of helping you think and process around that, that, that model thinking. Then maybe just, you know, going into a bit of depth around the playground is, this is exactly sort of the foundational thinking around that. It's saying, what do we have available? What questions are we trying to solve? Bringing all of that into a safe space. Because I think sometimes when we grapple with big questions outside of a safe space, the way and the type of questions that we ask don't necessarily address the problems because we're always addressing things with preconceptions or boundaries or you know things that we're not willing to test because they're in a real world environment. And I think that that's something that's quite interesting to see as we build out the playground, how that is received and uh, utilized by people like yourself, Jens, who've got these big ideas and concepts or other business owners that want to break them down and dissect them. Yeah. And that leads us to the next topic, which is, or not next topics, it's more the umbrella topic for today as well, the business models. And I think that's, I've been working within and with a lot of businesses where it is about you need to try to attack your own business model and, and attacking it in a way of rethinking it, looking at it from a perspective of, okay, we have a business model that's working right now, but we need to challenge us to what's coming next. We need to challenge us to see what's evolving around us to be able to question us again and, and look into how do we take this business model that has maybe been working the last 70 years to the next level? And that, that ties back to the cultural topic we have had the, in, in the other conversation, where it's how do you build that up in a way that's working? If we take the playground perspective, and for those who don't know, the XYZ Playground is a company we have founded together and where we help young thinkers to reverse mentor experienced thinkers. How do we take this as a topic into a, into a playground, which is a safe space to discuss these things. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it would, it would start with your asking you to question the assumptions that you have. So as in all good things, you're going to start with your assumptions that you may have around a specific problem. And maybe let's be specific in terms of itemizing what that problem may be. So we're going to pick the, the concept of retail as a starting point. And I think retail because it's used by everyone on a daily basis. So over the last 14 months, the world has gone through a massive existential change with COVID-19. And if you are dealing now with a retail executive, 
a question that we might explore with them inside the playground is what experiences over the last 12 months are consumers going to expect going forward and how have they become accustomed to digital experiences? Mm. And will that change the way that they interact with a retail space and therefore brands that are inside those retail spaces? And so if you sort of dissect that and you say, that's quite a big question, where do we start? And you would say, okay, well, let's start with the customer. So who is the customer identifying their needs, dreams, and desires, sort of breaking that out, then saying what experiences have changed. So an easy one would be saying your physical retail spaces have shut down. So there's been a massive pivot to online distribution, direct to customer models and things like that. Does that fit inside your current business model or what needs to change inside your business model to allow that to be sustainable going forward? The other element would then be around your team as a a retail executive. What needs to change internally inside your company to allow that business model to grow? Is it shifts in thinking? Do you need as many people on your team, for example? What tools are you using inside of that space? And there's lots of other things that we can unpack. And then lastly, the last place would be around that word accustomed. What has changed over the last 12 months that people are now really accustomed to? And what does that mean in terms of the way that they're interacting with the retail experience going forward? And those things would all be packaged inside a playground and would sort of what in the terminology that we use is build a sandcastle around each of those and really build that up and break down the different types of questions and then look to test those assumptions using things either that we build, research that we do, or questions that we ask key individuals inside of those spaces. Yeah. And what I like about that is one thing, it's a framework which helps you to step through different areas, phases. The other part is it's exploratory. It's not giving to you, if you're a retail executive, opening up, taking off your shoes and and going into the sandbox. It's a different environment than you're used to, which means it, it will help you to think differently. And that ties back into the podcast we just had. It's like you, you have a conversation, you consume things in a different way, and that will help you to to understand things from a different perspective, which then leads to doing things different, then leads to uh, taking actions in a different directions you might have ever thought of before. And I think that this part is, if I would be executive, that's that's what I would be seeking for. Being in a free environment, which is a safe environment, building up a sandcastle in a, with people I don't know, with with people who are most probably thinking completely different, if we think that the experienced thinker and, and the young thinker, there will be completely different worldviews most probably. And having this engagement with each other in a free environment, which is guided through a framework and helping to understand a systematic way of doing that will will unleash a lot of things. Definitely. And I think, you know, the, the word exploratory is definitely one that, that we associate with from an XYZ playground perspective, because we want to create that space where things can be explored. Having said that, though, there's also a certain amount and a huge amount rather of learning that we would gain as young thinkers in the way that we interact with with executives. And I think I've mentioned before in, in the different conversations where mentorship is a bi-directional relationship. Mm. It's not one way. And I think that that's something important to realize in our thinking going forward. And Jens, something that you just mentioned made me really think about this, this movement and platform that's being developed and it's called New Public. And it's a phenomenal space that's being challenged and created. And it's asking us to think differently around the digital spaces that we're creating. 
And something that why I sort of thought of it in terms of what you're saying is because you're saying, what can we learn from the lessons in different spaces and how do we think differently in different environments? And in a nutshell, this movement is saying, what can we learn from the built environment, i.e. cities, parks, etc.? And how do we bring that onto the way that people interact and use digital spaces? Because are we actually designing spaces correctly in the digital space to allow humans to connect properly? And in short, they're challenging the big social media platforms out there and they're saying they haven't necessarily thought in that way properly. Um, and so that's where there's a big challenge for those of us that play in the technology space to really think big and deeply about those types of questions. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is about understanding different ways of thinking. And this will help you to think differently again. And that's, that's what we need to get more into every one of us and everyone who's listening, opening up in, in a way that you, you try to understand the world from a different perspective where you try to engage with people you have never engaged with. And I think that's one of the big opportunities we, of course, provide in the future, which is more a platform way of thinking where we connect young thinkers with experienced thinkers. But it's also something every one of us can do on a daily basis because we are in a physical environment where we can meet with people. The other part is we are all, most probably all are in a digital environment where we can engage with different people. And I, for example, I, I just decided this week that I will, I get a lot of questions and a lot of connection requests where people are interested in joining my network, doing something. So what I've decided is I'm now always scheduling a 30 minutes coffee or 15 minutes coffee with them. It's just a virtual coffee and hey, let's get to know each other and see how we can learn from each other, see what we can do together, whatever the topic is. But rather than just having a connection on LinkedIn, who you never never have heard of and most probably will never hear of, hear of again. It's like, hey, let's have a conversation. I've basically just scheduled like three or four of this this, this week, at least scheduled it to have it in the next coming weeks. Um, yeah. Sl slowly. I think that's, 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 that's fascinating, Jens, just quickly. And in terms of saying, you know, obviously we theme today's conversation around the future and what do business models Uh, look like going forward and you know there's certain foundational elements that are included in business models but i think that in our thinking and certainly the more we've spent time together is the crucial element that people play in all of our thinking yeah. and are you are you building a business that is solving people's needs and what is that that you are doing and i think the more we can unlock that and use different tools and different models and ways of thinking the better businesses are going to be built to service the direct needs of the people that they are created for Yeah, 100%. I just discussed it yesterday in a roundtable where I was attending that it's all about experience and people. Every business around the whole world is about experience and people. If it doesn't, then it's not going to survive long term. Slowly getting to an end. Any last words from your perspective? Anything we, we want to leave until the next not non-prototype? <laughs> yes, I think in Naval... Ravikant's a phenomenal thinker and many of you may be familiar with him, but in prepping for today's podcast and chat with Jens, I sort of went back in terms of some of my notes that I've got, got with him. I um, mean, two things. So one, one from Naval and then another concept called a memory palace, but let's deal with Naval first. And sort of the one quote that I want to leave, leave us with today is where he says, judgment requires experience, but can be built faster by learning foundational skills. And I think that that comes back to what we were just talking about around people being at the center of everything that we do. And then lastly, just around a challenge, 
talent around memory and the memory palace. And it's a concept that another one of the, co- the co-founders of the XYZ Playground and I discussed on Friday a couple of weeks ago. And it's a concept that Adam Grant, who you guys may be familiar with, he discussed on a podcast. Essentially what memory palace is, it asks us, how do we remember the things? And I think that as we are navigating these digital times that we are in and we're looking at future models and business models and how do we learn from different perspectives, we need to make sure that we're categorizing our memories correctly. So that's a topic that I'm sure we'll get into in later episodes, but I just wanted to plant that seed, which I'm sure will lead uh, to some research and investigation. That That's definitely a good one. And I need that as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to this episode and or watching it on YouTube or wherever you're watching this. Stay tuned. We will come up with more episodes like this. If you like it, please share it. Please comment on it and see you next time again. Thank you very much, Joshua, for being with me again. Cheers, Jens. Cheers. Hey, this is Jens again. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you have listened to, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episodes with your friends and people you think might like it too. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, please follow me on social media or look me up at jensheitland.com. Thank you very much and see you in the next episode.